From up in the nosebleeds to down to the 50-yard line, wherever you watch the game, this is the place to sound off. Sports Talk with Jock on 770 CHQR. Okay, I'm going to start off the show tonight with some really, really fun news. Some good news if you are a football fan. Chase Claypool, first Canadian off the board in the NFL draft tonight. He goes from Abbotsford, British Columbia, to Notre Dame, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 49th overall. And if you're a a mid to late second round pick, you're probably signing for about $1.2 million with the Steel Curtain. Chase Claypool, the receiver, he was number two on the list for the CFL Scouting Bureau. Uh, He's not coming to the Canadian Football League anytime soon. That's a high pick. And good luck to Chase Claypool. Good to see Canadians doing well in the NFL draft. Still waiting for Neville Gallimore to go tonight as well. He is from Oklahoma. Ottawa boy, defensive tackle. Uh, He is expected to be selected tonight. Okay, that's the good news. The bad news, as you heard in the news, it's it's just been a crappy week. And there's no other way to put it. It's been a really crappy week. Calgary Stampede canceled yesterday. Today, basically, our summer sports schedule wiped off the face of the earth because no mass gatherings in Calgary until the end of August. It's depressing. And as you know, if you're a regular listener to Sports Talk with Jock, we don't want to depress you on a Friday night. We want to lighten things up. So you know what that means? That means it's Friday fun time with the people's sportscaster, Derek Bidwell. And Bidzy, let me tell you, KY Jelly has been the hottest item in Calgary since your stories last week. It's been flying off the shelves here in Calgary. (laughs) It's (laughs) multi-purpose. Uh, it can be used for what it was intended for when uh, when two people are wrestling, or it can be used for, like I said, it can be used for lotion yes. on your face or on sunburns. And, and it is getting warmer now. Oh yeah, you gotta have you gotta have that type of stuff on there. You, you don't always need aloe vera. You could just put KY on there. You people see, are super confused right now if they didn't listen to the last. Well, week's they, show, they are, and 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 that's what this show is all about on Friday because we just lighten things up. We tell stories. We embarrass ourselves. We, we talk yeah. about basically anything. And, and some of the topics that we have discussed over the last few weeks, you know, best sports trips ever, biggest celebrities we have met, most embarrassing things we have done, and that's the KY Jelly story that we were talking about, <laughs> uh, <laughs> ugliest vehicle yeah. we've, we've ever driven. You know, we, we, also, we also talked about, you know, uh, if, if you could be hanging out and having dinner with somebody, hear stories from, you know, who would, so, so those are the kind of crazy things we get into. So uh, where, where are we going to... We're going to start tonight. I, I've got a good one to start. Okay. 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 First job. What, what was your What was your first job, or or maybe worst job? We we can go either either direction. Where, where do you want to go? Oh, well, let's go worst job second, or 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 another time, even down the road, we can revisit this because you know we have a long work history. <laughs> you're you're right. Job. Yeah, and uh, for that one would for me that would be uh, like well, it happened in my early twenties. Anyway. Um, but, uh, I got two stories here. So why don't I throw in my, I'll, I'll go one, then you throw in one from your first job okay. and I'll, I'll throw in the second, just so I'm not talking for too, for too long here. But the first <laughs> job that I had was working at, uh, a shell gas station franchise, uh, just, uh, a few blocks from my parents' house. So it's probably like 
three blocks because it was three alleyways up. You you were and pumping then, gas, okay? I were pumping gas. Yeah, I was gas jockey pumping gas. So I didn't know very much about uh, vehicles or any of that stuff. Like I didn't like. I mean, I, just the basics. You got four tires, steering wheel. I don't know, but I mean, nothing under the hood. Didn't understand anything about that. I mean, I knew how to put gas in a vehicle, and uh, you know, and there's no. There's no cards going into the mach- into the gas pump at right. that time. Or anything, how how right? old were you? How old were you, first of all? How old? So sixteen. Six. Okay. Sixteen. Okay. 16, perfect. First job. Sixteen. As soon as I could get a job, got a job. So, okay. uh, and it was walking distance to the house, and uh, so yeah, it worked out good. Anyway, I'm at, and this is straight out of like Stand by Me, um, or one of those uh, '80s movies, maybe Sixteen Candles. Anyway, I'm there, as you know. I have a fairly decent upper body. I'm not going to say I'm no Schwarzenegger or anything, but at least, you know, it's proportional. It's normal. Waist, like my legs, I just got absolute chicken legs. So anyway, the uniform that they gave us at Shell was these brown shorts, brown shell shirt. You had to have a, uh, you had to have an air pressure gauge in your pocket and a pen and all these different things. And so that was my uniform. So I'm standing there skinny. Oh, probably tipping the scales in grade 10, about 140. And um, anyway, this guy is kind of a cheese ball at my high school, but very, very well off. Uh, his parents are anyway. So they bought him a brand new 280 ZX. And so he comes pulling into the gas station and he's dating the cheerleader, the probably. Girl oh, yeah. In high school. Oh, yeah. Pardon of me? course. The yeah, cheerleader. The yeah. Hot- yeah, 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 the hot, yeah, the hottest girl. Yeah, I think mean, she was a trailer too. Hottest girl in high school. So it's, it's the scenario is the story straight out of one of those movies from the eighties. So they come rolling in. T tops off the two eighty ZX. He's a little, like he's small too. Like uh, he he might weigh more than me, but he wasn't even any taller than me. Anyway, he was probably about uh, you know like a five seven or five six or something like that. Super nice car. Got the super hot cheerleader girlfriend in the front seat with him. They come rolling and cranking uh, Def Leppard or something like that. And they come flying into the gas station and he's like, fill her up. And so she's doing the whole thing too. You know, the uh, the visor down, checking her lip balm there and all that stuff, whatever. And I'm just kind of <laughs> getting the gas poured into the car, creeping around. Fill her up. And then he says, uh, and then he comes back, pops the hood, check the oil. So no problem. Didn't really like his tone too much, but whatever. <laughs> I've only been on the, only been on the job for ten days, so whatever. And he's a cheese ball. He doesn't know me. I'm in grade uh, I'm in grade ten. He's in grade twelve. So anyway, uh, pops the hood. I check the oil. <clears throat> so I, I'm able to find the dipstick because uh, it's got the little yellow coating over the end of it. You pull it out the oh, little yeah. up there. So I, yeah. I pull it out. Pull that sucker out. Check the oil. Wipe it off with the rag. My back pocket. The whole thing. <laughs> I cannot find where to put the, the dipstick back in. Like, I cannot find the hole. <laughs> this is sounding awkward. <laughs> I cannot find where to put the dipstick. And this is like, this is a this, this is an analogy for the rest of my life. So anyway, um, I could not find where, I could not find where to, how to put it back, get her in there. So I, and I, I'm just under there for so long and I'm kind of panicking and I don't want to be embarrassed and whatever. So then Fonzie, his name is James, he decides to look cool for his girlfriend, and with my head in there, he honks the horn. <laughs> what? What a, what a jerk! So I'm just like, oh, that's it, that's it. Like, I, and I just about racked my head off the off the inside of the hood. So I just took the dip. I didn't know where I didn't know where to put it. So I and I this is getting long now. So I I just put it right on top of the motor, and then I just closed the hood. And he's like, how is it? And I'm like, good to go, buddy. Go, oh, that's good. good. So then, so then he took off out of there. I waved it, 
at uh, the gal in the front seat. She waved back at me, too, and he drove off. And then that thing, I don't know, I fell in the motor, got caught up in the fan. I don't know what it did. But, uh, yeah, that was a good one. And I went in and told the boys about that one. I got some <laughs> high fives on that one, yeah. yeah so that was pretty good. That's, uh, that's a pretty good story. That's a pretty good story. I got story. another one, by the way, for yours first. Well, you know, it's funny. I've only had four jobs in my entire life. So uh, it, it's funny. I, I grew up on a farm in, in Pooscoopy, as you know. And so my, my first official job, I was working for my dad on the farm. And, and it was a crappy job. Because what did I do? The first, the, the first thing he wanted me to do was pick rocks. Double manure. Oh no, that was that was the second. That was the second part of it. But picking rocks, so I would have yeah. to follow behind in the tractor, pick the rocks from the field, and throw it in there. And I'm going, this job really sucks. You know, I, 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 I don't <laughs> like. Yeah. Wow, I gotta, I gotta get some post seconds. Well, exactly. And I think my dad was paying me five <laughs> bucks an hour, which was pretty good back in uh, back in the day because oh. I was I was only thirteen years old. So so anyway, and then and then the next job, uh, you nailed it. I had to go into the barn. And my brother and I had to dig all the manure out of the barn. And I tell you what, that mm. is the smelliest, ugliest, worst job that you can think of. Job. Oh, my goodness. And, and there's, there's no wonder why the next summer I basically, I basically left home and, and, and went, went to be a gas jockey at Stewart Island, you know, before I became a salmon fishing guide, you know, at Stewart Island. So, and, and that, was, uh, that, was, that was like my best summer job ever from that, uh, from that perspective. But, you know, anybody that thinks it's fun working on a farm, it's it's not fun. It's hard work, and well, yeah, I, and I tell you what, no I don't doubt. like hard work. I really yeah. don't. And and it, I, I, I I just learned from a really good a really good young age. My dad taught me something. He taught me that I was never going to be a farmer. I wasn't qualified enough to be a farmer. I didn't have the the work ethic to be a farmer. So so basically, I said I'm going to become a city media. boy. Oh yeah, exactly. So I, I did the exact opposite and basically sit on my ass all day. So one day, one day you're listening to the radio with your dad. You're listening to uh, Jerry Lee Lewis or Buddy Holly or something oh. like that. And then and, and, and my and my dad was a workaholic because he was a chartered accountant, but he had a hobby farm on the side. And you know his wow. his idea of relaxing was coming home and you know driving the tractor and and uh, taking care of the farm and taking care of the cows and and going out and bailing hay and everything else from that standpoint. So he was a workaholic, and I was I was the exact opposite. So. Uh, that, that that trait did not pass on to the place you're <laughs> no, ahead. No, it's no. It, it's exactly right. So so you know as as I go, I, I go from from one of the toughest jobs ever, and it really did teach me some work ethic and work work ethic that I didn't have. And so I decided, uh, yeah, get into radio. It's a, it's much easier. So, but then you also really appreciate radio because you're like, what? <laughs> you get paid? I haven't done anything. Well, exactly. I'm just talking. I'm just talking. Oh, it's but, it, uh, it's so funny. And, and when I told my dad I was going to get into broadcasting, and and I went to Mount Royal College here in Calgary, and he didn't understand. You know, he he supported me because he's he was my dad, but he didn't really get it at all. And he thought you know he thought I was a little bit of a slack, uh, you know what? And so anyway, I I finally I finally made it to the big time, and I was doing the Flames broadcast, and so I I brought him to Calgary, and you know brought him to the hot stove lounge and, and let him see what I I did for a living. And then he actually had a little bit of respect for me, but I, you know I was I was about. 25, 30 years old at the time before he had respect for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably about the same boat I was in, too, with, uh, with Ray. Anyway, I remember when I was younger, like, so I, so my parents were great. They helped us out with, uh, they helped us all out with our post-secondary costs. And, um, and uh, after one year at university, I don't know, it just wasn't for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I, the problem is, is that after the first year of university, that was fine. But then now, okay, now what do I major in? What do I want to go in? I didn't know what I wanted to go in. I was still playing junior football for the L-Tops. And so there was a couple of gals that I went to high school with, and they were going to 
uh, New Zealand, and then off to Australia. And they said, hey, Bidzy, why don't you come with us? You're fun. It'll be fun. You join us. Yeah, woo, we'll travel New Zealand, Australia. So I asked my dad, and after some talking into it, he said, okay, lend me the money. Of course, I had to pay him back every cent, which is only fair. My sisters didn't get a trip to New Zealand or Australia, so it was only fair. Anyway, basically my dad said in a roundabout way, I don't know, during one talk, it was something along the lines of uh, go away. Uh, you know, do some traveling. I was in the Navy. I got to see a lot of the world. I get it. But when you come back, kind of have it figured out, okay? Like, have it figured out, and then let's get you back into school. So I went there, and I was, you know, I don't know whether I had an epiphany one moment, sitting on the top of a mountain overlooking the ocean in the sunset in Australia, and I decided, what, do I, what am I good at? I don't know what I'm good at. And then, and then I thought, well, you know what? I like to make people laugh, and I do a fairly decent job at that, and I'm fairly entertaining. I'm Jesus, I'm a big talker. My dad used to tell me when I was a kid that my voice was going to wear out and I wasn't going to be able to talk when I got older. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to come back and be a journalist. So I came back and I told my dad I'm going to go to states uh, because I did some research into it, and I'm going to go into journalism. And I think he was kind of like, <laughs> I think he said something along the lines of, I think they get those guys from somewhere. I don't know where they get those guys. I don't know where they get those. I think he was thinking that they got, like, actors to become, like, radio people or television people or something. So I don't think he really thought that it was going to work out for me. But <laughs> when it did, when it did in Calgary, too, once again, he had lots of respect for me. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and, of course, they've enjoyed me being in the business ever since. I think we got to take a break, Jock. I don't want to speak yeah, for you, we but do. I got another really do, good Do you have a good one? Okay, okay, we'll, we'll do that. because we'll do it after. Hey, you, you know what we do? We, we have a special guest coming up, too. At And, and you're talking story time. Oh, well, our our guest tonight, Scotty Coe from the the former Calgary Stampeder, the Stampeders alumni, uh, he's got some stories to tell, and and of course the Stampede did get canceled this week, so no Stampede in twenty twenty. So uh, you know maybe we'll share some Stampede stories with uh, with Scotty Coe because you think he's got a few. Uh, I was going to say, if there's a guy you wanted to go out with during Stampede, Scotty Coe is yeah, the one. He, Plus, he'd, he'd be he, the guy. he always he always helped me out in crowds because as you know, I'm I'm a little vertically challenged, only about five nine, five ten, maybe whatever. Scotty's about six four, six three, six four. So I, I never could find anybody, but Scotty could always find me because he could see over people. So that always helped me out. <laughs> uh, okay, Scotty Coke's coming up just after seven thirty tonight. He's Derek Bidwell, the People's Sportscaster, joining us from Global Saskatoon. It's Friday Fun Time. Uh, if you want to weigh in and share a story with us, we'd rather have you text us four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. This is Sports Talk with Jock. So I just got a text from one of our listeners, and it says, Hey, Jock, how do you spell Poos Koopy? A Canadian band did a song called Poos Koopy Nights. Do you know it? Uh, I have never heard of Poos Koopy Nights. Derek Bidwell, have you ever heard of Poos Koopy Nights? I never, but I bet you they got the inspiration from you one night when they were in Poos Koopy, and they well, saw this feisty redhead rolling around town. Well, it's funny because the texter spells Poos Koopy, P-O-O-C-E-C-U-P-I-E. And that's not how you spell Poos Koopy. Uh, Poos Koopy is P-O-U-C-E, capital C-O-U-P-E. That's Poos Koopy, baby. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Poos Koopy, baby. As if everybody's supposed to know that. I, I don't know if I would have spelled it the same way as our listener did, but I can understand why our listener didn't get it right, because when you spelt it, I got lost after about halfway through when you were 
rattling off all those letters. So. There you yeah. go. Uh, Pooskoopy is a small town, very small, about 500 people in northeastern British Columbia near Dawson Creek. Uh, Dawson, Dawson Creek is the start of the Alaska Highway. Mile zero on the Alaska Highway. So that's what uh, Dawson Creek is famous for. Hey, see, people, uh, it's not just you and I just uh, no. uh, being goose here. We're educated people. Exactly right. Okay, you, you, before we get Scotty Coe, you, yep. got, you got one more quick yep. story for me. Yeah, one more quick story. So this is, we're talking about our first jobs and, and, and some stories with them. So I told you one before, you told me yours, and the next. This is my second one. This is a good one. So once again, for those listeners that are just tuning in, we're talking about our first jobs. And I was 16, once again, it's just up from my parents' house working at a shell franchise i'm a gas jockey so this is about a month into it now and i i tell this one and people just shake their heads but i didn't i did not know this because nobody told me this and i know ray and hope my mom and dad are listening and so ray don't feel bad you weren't supposed to tell me this i probably should have inquired on this one i i'm sure i've told them this one anyway so my dad's a very smart fella, very well-read fella, and uh, very handy with, uh, you know, in the garage and around the house and everything like that, so he's probably going to be a little bit embarrassed to this one. But anyway, I remember there was one day when a cargo van came into the gas station, and uh, this guy hopped out. He gets gas there all the time, always stopped there all the time. This particular time, though, he says, hey there, buddy, fill her up and uh, check the oil. If it's low, there's uh, a four-liter jug behind the seat. So I fill it up with gas. So I, you know, click the handle there and get it all filling up with gas. And I go and pop the hood, check the dipstick, see how the oil's doing. The oil's a little bit low. It needs about a, it's about a quarter low. So I grab, uh, fold the seat down in the front there, and um, I, uh, and I grab the four liter jug. And so I thought, I, you know, pop the, pop the, the cap on the, on the uh, engine block. So I thought, okay, like, you know when you fill up with gas, right? When you fill up with gas, when it's full, like, gas is all the way to the top. If you fill up too much more, it'll actually come out the top, right? So I thought, I thought oil was the same thing. So anyway, I take the cap off the, off the, the you know, the engine block there, and I start pouring, get a, get a funnel, everything. You know, I'm doing everything by the book here, and I, I start pouring oil in there. I'm like, oh, I need a quarter. But I'm like, this is a big van. I don't know. Maybe a quarter is different. So I don't I wasn't obviously doing the math with how many liters. So anyway, I'm pouring it in there. And I think it's going to come to the top like when it's full. So I pour and I keep pouring and I keep pouring. I'm like, God, this thing takes a lot of oil. Holy Toledo. <laughs> so I keep pouring and pouring. So I pour four liters in there. So I, if he had another, if he had another jug, I, I would put, I would put that jug in there too. I would have kept going until it would have overflowed from the top. But anyway, I figured, well, that's four liters. That's got to be enough. So, so I, so I just went in there and I told him, and he said, "Hey, filled her up." And I said, "Yeah, I topped her up. You're good for oil now." And he's like, "He's like, okay, good." I put the jug behind the seat; it was empty. But anyway, so I did it. So that he came out of there. He started it up, and it's like, <laughs> and so it could hardly drive. And he just basically got out of the gas station. He got out, and he and he pops it. He's like. What did you do? And I was like, I filled her up. How much oil did you put in? I put it all in. And he's like, why would you put four liters of oil in there? Because I, I thought it had to go all the way to the top. I don't know. So anyway, we had to push it back into the garage, get it up on the lift. Oh, my God. And we had to drain like three and a half liters out of it. I only oh. needed a half liter, but I gave him the three and a half extra. So anyway. At least you found, at least you found the, the dipstick, right? This time you've got the dipstick back in, this though? This time I found the dipstick. That wasn't <laughs> 
issue. I know where to put the dipstick this time. Not like last time. How I long, learned. How long did you have this job before you got your ass fired, man? <laughs> I didn't get fired. Uh, but get fired. Like, the, the guys kept covering for me. They were like, okay, pop, open the door to the garage, busy, put three and a half extra liters of oil in this guy's truck. Okay, we got to drain it out. And so the guys that I worked with would always cover for me before the boss came in. They never told them. So oh, that's hilarious. I managed to hang on to that one. So, yeah, my dad was probably super. I'm sure I've told him that before, but he was probably thinking, like, God, I should have told this kid some more about cars. A very proud Holy Derek Bidwell dude. moment. That's, yeah. that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. Well, well you done. know, these things happen when you first job when you're 16 years old. Now, now I know why you got into broadcasting, my friend. Yeah, once again, you know, the slimmer ones, you and I, yeah, that's where this is where we land. But hey, we're on the air now, so we're, we're kind of essential workers, so we've got to be proud about that. Scotty Cohen, we come back. This is Friday Fun Time, Jock Wilson and the People Sportscaster, Derek Bidwell on 770 CHQR. So I was just thinking about uh, Derek Bidwell's mechanical expertise yeah. as he was working at that shell station as a 16-year-old, and, and it brought back a couple of memories of my, my sister. Uh, my sister, I remember she, she drove on a flat tire for about an hour, and then she got my dad to try to change the tire. That tire was completely shredded. Like, there was nothing left. For about an hour, like, you're just like, what exactly. you so, so, Is there change loose car, in my purse? Car's, car's not handling very well. And, <laughs> and, and my sister was such a bad driver that uh, she got into an accident with the Dawson Creek Mall. Only person I know that actually ran into the mall for God's sake. How do you do that? I know. you got to think the Dawson Creek Mall can't be that big. <laughs> well, it's not that big, but how do you run into a mall? <laughs> Is it oh, a building? Man. I don't know. Like it, One of those ones, I had a buddy one time, he did that. He was parked beside a 7-Eleven. He did the whole thing. The whole thing where you, you know, like uh, where you got somebody in the passenger seat, so you kind of, you put your, your arm back, reach back behind their seat, and you look behind you, like when you're backing up, except he drove straight forward into the building. <laughs> <laughs> he did the whole, all right, here we go, check out what's behind us, bam, into the building right in front of him. Yeah. It, it is Friday fun time. The People Sportscaster, Derek Bidwell, Jock Wilson on a Friday night. We just have a little bit of fun on Friday because it's been such a crappy week, and we just like to tell stories, and we like to bring in special guests. And do we have a very, very special guest for you tonight, the one and only special. Scotty Coe from the Calgary Stampeder Alumni Mr. Coe, how in the heck are you? Boys, I, I only got, I don't even know where to start here. My, my, my wife says, what time's your interview? Because all she could hear was my phone. Beep, 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 beep. I, I don't know what you guys have been talking about for the last 20 minutes, but every single person I know has been calling me. You're going to talk to those two yard apes? Like, what are, they, are those two on, you know? Cable's calling me busy, you know, former Roughneck. JD calling me like, man, those boys can talk. I got uncles. I got aunts calling me. My cousins are calling me. You're going to talk well, to these guys? We're global, nuts. baby. It's global. Yeah, job show is global. Yeah. <laughs> well, were, were you, were you mechanic, uh, mechanically inclined, Scotty, or were you as bad oh, as Bidzy? I was. I think I was probably worse than Bidzy, but I came to the realization when I was a young age that there's no point in me even trying. I couldn't tell you the difference between the, you know, the steering wheel and the old Johnson rod in the car. I, I got, I got no clue. So, yeah, the Johnson uh, rod. It's always tough the old to Johnson find that rod. One too. Yeah. 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 Uh, luckily, luckily, my father was quite the mechanic, and my uncle was a mechanic. So, 
But if I had to take it in, that guy could have charged me a million dollars for the broken Johnson rod, and I'd have no clue. Oh, I know. Capacitors on the fridge. Yeah, well, we, that's we, right. We, we had uh, my buddy. I had a buddy back in high school, and his name was Cam Uladol, and he had this old beat up n- Nissan. And and I tell you what, uh, we t- he he had me convinced it had Nairobi steering, and I had no idea what <laughs> Nairobi steering was, and it was just completely made, made. It was a made up word. This car was just. A, he goes, oh yeah, this car is a classic. It's got Nairobi steering. I'm going, wow, that's pretty. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the best would have been if you would have passed it on to somebody else. You're like, hey, have you been in this car? Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. It's got uh, Nairobi you steering. You, you probably heard about it. It's got that Nairobi steering in it, eh? Yeah. And it's got it. an Alpine. It's got an Alpine, too, and some good 6x9. <laughs> Scotty, we're talking about first jobs. So, so what, uh, what was your first job? Oh, that you know what? That's easy to remember. I was uh, I worked at the, uh, the local River Heights... Uh, in my neighborhood, growing up in Winnipeg, River Heights uh, Arena. I was worked in the canteen. Oh, the canteen. Yeah. So I, okay. I put in was my this an shift. army barracks arena or what was it? Yeah. No, it was legit. It had a you know, couple of yeah. It was the canteen. I uh, they had you know they had all the five cent candies in the window and the pizza pockets and the hot dogs and stuff. I don't know how I wasn't 300 pounds when I left that job because I ate every five-cent candy and every hot dog that fell on the ground. Uh, There's no way that thing made any money whatsoever. That's the thing. Now, we were talking about that the other day. There's The five-second rule is kind of out right now, but back when we were younger, the five-second rule was in. Well, and, and, I don't even think it was five. It was like thirty-five seconds. What I was doing. Well, and, and, and it's kind of funny, Scotty, because when you say you would eat anything, that's, <laughs> that's, that, a, nice, that, that's a nice segue. That's a great yeah. segue, isn't it? Because as a stampeder, you would eat anything. Yeah. Hey, if, if there was a couple of bucks on the floor, there's no <laughs> doubt I was eating it. Okay, you got to tell us the story because you you almost went on the DL for eating a beetle. Yeah, that was a rough one. There was. Uh, it was, it, you know what, it was, who was the punter? Duncan Omani. Duncan, Duncan Omani. Yeah, Duncan. And uh, Duncan was a UBC guy. And as a punter, as we all know, kickers have a lot of time in their hands. They're really not football players. They're just yeah. kickers. They're so kickers, yeah. we, we came out of a meeting, and Duncan had found a beetle in the locker room somewhere, and he kept it in a little, you know, red Solo cup. And, of course, they all knew that, I, you know, I would eat something I in my the previous time, I'd licked some fungus off Jeff Pilon's foot and ate a grasshopper <laughs> off Mosaic Stadium's uh, turf and done a few different things. So they thought, oh, yeah, Cole, Cole will eat it. I said, all right, well, that's fine. I'll eat it, but eat a live beetle is going to cost you guys a few bucks. So throw some money on the, on the ground or on the table, and I'll eat it. Well, I think by the time it all ended, this was just before practice at about 9 o'clock in the morning. It took about half an hour. And there was about 350 bucks, almost $400 on the table. And I was about to eat it. And finally, the coach was like, no, no, you guys don't do this. You know, do it later. We got to get out to practice. Got to get out to practice. So I said, all right, we'll, we'll do it after. So we go <laughs> get your protein intake later. Yeah, exactly. Get it later. Well, halfway through practice. I don't even want to say halfway through practice. Seven minutes into practice. Obviously, the kickers are done practicing, so they go in the locker room. Uh, and by the time we come back in, Duncan has said, it's a good thing you didn't eat it because that, that that particular beetle, he Googled it and found out that it actually kills its prey with the venom <laughs> in the body. So it, it spits this venom that just paralyzes its its prey, and I was going to eat the darn thing. So, yeah, I'm pretty glad I didn't eat it at the time. Oh, oh. man. 400 bucks, not worth it. Mm-hmm. Not worth well, it. 
not worth it. It was actually the the couple hundred bucks earlier. I think it was the season before. Uh, it was with Matt Dunnigan when Dunnigan was our coach, and we we did two days and we did back to back. So we practiced for an hour and a half, come into the locker room, take about half an hour off, and then go back to our second practice. And it was hell. So we were all exhausted. And in between practices, it was probably I don't know thirty degrees out. So we're laying on the floor of the locker room, and Jeff Pilon, who has you know offensive lineman big size 16 feet he's got some sort of foot fungus going on and and he puts this cream all over his foot and we had to go check with our with the doc pat clayton to make sure the cream wasn't you know hazardous to me but he smeared the cream all over the bottom of his fungus foot and they threw a couple hundred bucks on the floor and i grabbed his foot right from the heel and i licked it from his heel (laughs) all the way to his big toe and i got the the cream on my tongue it's like it's in my mouth Jeff Pilon proceeds to slam his foot down after I lick it, run to the to the uh, garbage can, and vomit his guts out for me doing <laughs> oh. it. For the that must have been so, a loud locker room, though. Like, people must have been coming oh, yeah. and going, what just happened? What just got oh, yeah. Oh! oh, yeah, there was a lot of disgusted people in that locker room. But, hey, I had beer money for a couple of weekends. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah. There, yeah, you're you a CFL player. Laugh. No, you had a bit right. of a rash, and you had yeah, a bit wow. of a rash, and you couldn't taste anything, but you, you got the last laugh. That's, <laughs> hey, that, I, the beer washed it all down. Yeah. Uh, Scotty Coe, a special guest here, Friday Fun Time, Jock Wilson and Derek Bidwell. Okay, uh, we, we got some crappy news this week, and that's the Calgary Stampede has been canceled. But, you know, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Stampede stories. Scotty, yep. you, you, you have to have, like, probably some, some great Stampede stories. Like, you, you used to get out there, and, and I know your wife's probably listening, so you can keep it tame if you want. But uh, t- tell me about some of your, some of your fun Stampede stories. Uh, well, there's there's one that stands out for sure, and that was again it was and maybe it was, maybe it was a reflection of how we acted when Matt Dunnigan was our coach. But um, Matt Matt was our coach, and it was my it was my first year with the Stamps, first year to truly experience Stampede, and the practice the practices we had that week basically just got in the way of the partying. Really, I mean that's just what it was. But we uh, we we went out after one practice. My uh, my running mate at the time, Mike Juhas and uh, Joey Bose, but uh, Mike Juhas for sure was stayed with me uh, over at uh, the house that I was staying at. And I was staying at my aunt and uncle's house. Uh, my uncle Ian and my auntie Moira and my I had two little cousins, uh, Ben and Erica, and, and they had gone to the lake for the summer, and I had the house to myself during Stampede. And they have a, they had a nice place down in Oak Ridge, and uh, I of course proceeded to throw a party after the bar. Invited half the bar down, had a huge party. And, uh, you know, the next morning we have practice at 8.30. Well, I don't know what time we shut it down. It might have been 3, 4, 5. I have no idea. Uh, But next thing you know, we wake up, and both Mike and I are in the house somewhere, and practice is at 8.30, and we must have woke up at about 20 after 8. And we were losing it. We're like, oh, man, we're going to get in some serious trouble if we don't get to practice. So we got in the car, and thank God there wasn't a police officer because everybody knows the next morning you still might be feeling it a little bit. Yes. Well, we mm-hmm. drove down. We drove down Crowchild. We must have been going 180 from Oak Ridge all the way up to the stadium just to get to practice on time. We ran in, got our gear on, and out to practice. And I don't think we lasted 10 minutes without finding a bush and, and chucking or whatever was left. <laughs> oh, no. And went through the rest of practice. And a couple of the boys had said, you guys better stay away from all coaches because <laughs> you still smell like you just walked out of a brewery or were swimming <laughs> yeah. in a brewery. Oh, so, what, a, what an yeah. impression that must have so, made. 
Yeah, it did not. It did not go over well with some of the coaching staff. Yeah, that's for sure. Vinzi, do you got any good Stampede stories? I got a real good one. Uh, I got a real good one from a buddy of mine, <clears throat> and uh, and Scotty knows him. Jocko, I think you've met him too. He's uh, he's kind of vertically challenged, even more so than me. And uh, his uh, nickname rhymes with uh, Mopsy. Mopsy. So anyway, Shopsy. <laughs> Shopsy. So anyway, um, this was him. This was him at uh, at the. Uh, oh, forgive me, fellas. I've been away for off of uh, on McLeod uh, Country Bar. Has the mechanical Ranch bull. Ranchman. Ranchman. Right. Ranchman. Ranchman. Yes, yes, yes. So anyway, he's up there and he wants to ride the mechanical bull. So anyway, I go up with him and and I I ride the mechanical bull. The guy fools around, you know, dumps me off there right away. We're not too rocko at this point or anything. But, uh, you know, dumps me off it. And then he goes on there, dumps me off at high five. Wow, that's a great way to go. I thought we were done with the mechanical bull. Anyway, he is determined that he's going to conquer the mechanical bull and the guy that's running the, the bull, moving the joysticks around all left, right. Anyway, and it, I, think it's tw- I think it was 20 bucks a pop. Anyway, he goes up. So he goes up there, and I think he spent, 100, I think he spent $140 on there. So he went seven times. And he kept trying to go up there and conquer the mechanical bull because he wants to be a cowboy. There's a lot of girls hooting and hollering. And he did get better times and lasted longer as it went on. Anyway, the next day he came over to my place and he limped all the way over. It looked like he got kicked in the junk or something because he could hardly walk. And he was, and anyway, he's like, he had shorts on, long shorts on. He just lifted up the inside of like inside of the uh, shorts and he goes, look at this. And just black and blue and purple oh. on the inside from getting bounced around on the mechanical bull. Oh, yeah, I had a great laugh at that. I mean, besides that, I mean, Stampede was always just a good time, right? Beer tent and, um, and you know, seeing a whole bunch of people and, and just having a great time. I did have one bad experience, though, at a beer tent okay. uh, when we were having a good time. I was with, uh, I'll tell you, I was with my buddy Ted Henley and a few other people. I think another pal from City TV, Kevin Knopf, uh, who Scott knows too. And uh, anyway, uh, we were in the beer gardens at this beer tent. We're not going to say the beer tent because I don't want to get him in trouble. But we were in the beer gardens outside of the beer tent. He had a little bit of an outside portion there where a lot of the porta potties were. Anyway, we're there and we're drinking, we're talking to people and all this stuff. And all of a sudden we feel a mist in the air. And we think it's kind of like a mist. Like, you know how they have those... Uh, misters like on the uh, yeah with the, the fans timer. and they cool you down you bet yeah. yeah 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 like it's water mist and all that stuff so we got to think it's i don't know maybe something to do with that but we also think it smells because we're but we think that we're near the porta potty so that's gotta be what it is we find out that it's one of those trucks sucking all the oh no and pee out of the out of the porta potties and stuff and the mist going in the air landing on us is the mist from that process. <laughs> oh, no. No. That's nasty. That's nasty. That was not on awesome. by every person at Stampede. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, it's funny, guys, because uh, I, I was never a big country music fan. And, and so I, I, I like Stampede, especially when I was young and when I was single. And I used to get out and uh, rock it a little bit. And then, then I got married, and so I would usually take Stampede off. But I, I think my, my, my funnest Stampede party I went to was an anti-Stampede party. And this was, this was before the Wild Horse Saloon went up because Impark... Uh, when I was working at the Olympic Oval, Impark was actually one of my one of my clients, and they did some sponsorship deals with the the Oval. So they invited me to their anti stampede party, and it was the same parking lot, the Impark lot, well, the Wild, Wild Horse, uh, you know, saloon was the the big tent. And so basically, this anti anti stampede party, I, I took my buddy Jim Rose, who's a lawyer in town, and we loved it because they had the Dino Martinis playing. 
They nice. they handed out cigars and we were drinking martinis and it was like <laughs> I'm going. This is so anti stampede. I'm loving it. Yeah. This, this was this was rocking. So I'm going. It, they only did it for one year and I don't know why they didn't do it more. But I'm th- I'm thinking now that is a great stampede party because it's almost anti stampede. Well, maybe the budget might have been blown on that one, but that sounds like a fan- that sounds like a fancy fancy pants. Well, here's, party. here's the problem now, though, Jocko, and, and maybe the, you're young and you did realize it, but, you know, I, I too, have gotten married, and, and I, I take my stampedes off now, but my recollection of stampede is the reason the country has always gone over so well is there's usually quite a few younger ladies in short jeans, sports, and wearing cowboy hats and not much else. How was the attendance like that in a non-stampede party with uh, cigars and martinis. Um, yeah, okay, it was a different clientele. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say that's probably why it only lasted one year, Jocko. I mean, I'm no expert. I'm, I'm not a marketing guy, but I typically think that women in short jean shorts, cowboy boots, and not much else usually attract bigger crowds than Men with cigars and uh, martini glasses. Okay, I, I think, I'm no expert. Though. I think no you're expert. on. I think you're on to something, guys. We got to take yeah. a break. We're going to come back and, and wrap things up. Friday fun time. Jock and Bidzy, the People Sportscaster, our special guest Scotty Cole from the Calgary Stampeder alumni. Uh, if you want to weigh in, send us a text four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Okay, I got to quickly read some of the texts that are rolling in tonight on the text line. This one says that this is from the K-Man in Thunder Bay. The K-Man says, I once saw Scotty Coe hit a dinger in a baseball game using one arm. Uh, that is pretty impressive. This texter says, is that the best you got, Bidzy? Are you kidding me? Put Coast to Coast back on, please. Oh, that's a little shot at, at Bidzy there right now. Uh, this person says, Jock, I don't know whether to laugh, to cry, to vomit from the stories I'm hearing, but but these th- this is this is a pretty funny show. And then there's there's one more I got to read here because uh, this this one is for you, Scotty Co. It says, can you, it didn't leave a name. Can you ask Scott who the best family athlete is? I understand his brother is a pro golfer and his uncle David is the best putter in Canada. It's, it's, you know what? I know exactly who asked that question because it <laughs> I is hunched, my uncle yeah. David who said he's the best putter in Canada. I knew he would be calling and calling in. Uh, yes, but we, as you can imagine, we do have quite an athletic family. My, uh, my uncle David is a member at the, summit golf course in toronto a little a little plug for him and he is known as the uh the course's best putter now most of it's self-proclaimed oh of course but he, he is he is he's self-proclaimed best putter at summit we do uh we do a great family uh they do a member guest out at summit in toronto and all of our family plays every year and uh we have an absolute blast our most of our family goes and plays <laughs> some of us some of us have a few too many wobbly pops mostly my partner Blake Dalton, he has way too many wobbly pops. I carry him most of the time. Um, and then we have some younger family members, my cousin Alex and Andrew and Randy and Jordan. They're the young guys. They're the young studs. They play well. But sadly, we all drink too much. And then the old boys, my Uncle David and my Uncle Chris, they usually uh, finish in the top three and win all the money because they're a little bit more savvy than the rest of us. Jory just weighs in, and Jory says, can you guys please tell the real stories? Uh, no, we'd lose our we'd lose our license if we told the real stories, guys. <laughs> That's so- the thing, man. 
that's the thing about Stampede, and JD knows this. Jory knows this. Like, it's like saying, okay, what stories do you got? And you're like, uh, either A, I don't remember them, B, they're blurry so I could make up the other half, or C, I cannot tell that. No. There's no way I can tell that. Guys, guys, we're out of, we're out of time. We, we should have kept you for the whole hour, Scotty. Next time we'll, next time we'll keep you for the whole hour. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, Scott. Oh, appreciate it, boys. Always a pleasure. All right, Derek. Thanks, Scotty. Take care. Yeah, Derek, uh, good stuff as always, my friend, and uh, we'll do it again next Friday night. Okay, take care, Jocko. Be safe. You betcha. Derek Bidwell, People Sportscaster. This is Friday Fun Time. Thanks so much for listening. You have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday night right here on 770 CHQR.